here with you tonight. Uh, I always, it is a joy every time I have a chance to come by here, and it's not often, uh, but uh, every time I do come by, I usually get a warm welcome, and hi, Brother Harmon, how are you? What amazes me is you remember my name, and uh, I appreciate that. That's always uh, comforting to know. That means that uh, you think of me, I think, <laughs> and you're praying for us out there at uh, uh, Baby Baptist Church uh, there in Mastic Beach, and God is working out there, and I appreciate your prayers uh, for the work out there. I appreciate your pastor. Uh, he has been a dear friend to me uh, and counsel many times. I've been able to go to him freely, and he's been able to give me advice and counsel on many things, and I appreciate his friendship. Uh, I appreciate him introducing me to Starbucks uh, one time, and I uh, never uh, was really a big fan of, of that, but uh, he got me into that, so Amen. Uh, that's a good thing, I guess. Not good on the wallet, but uh, that's okay. Uh, but I do appreciate your pastor and his friendship. So, amen. Let's get into the Word of God tonight. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read verses 13 through 15. Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. And I'll ask, once you get there, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. In honor of God's Word. Joshua chapter 5. Beginning in verses 13 down to verse 15. Bible says in verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand, and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the hosts of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful that we can be here tonight. And Lord, we ask, Lord, by the moving of your spirit, by the preaching of your word, Lord, that you would draw us close to you. Father, maybe some of us have had a rough day today through work or circumstance. And Lord, our goal here tonight is to be focused upon you. And and Lord, at the conclusion of the service, uh, draw us to make a decision for you. Lord, that we would live our lives, Lord, more fully for you. Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to bring you a message entitled tonight, A Battle That You Cannot Win. A battle that you cannot win. Uh, Have you ever been in a place where you you just couldn't seem to get ahead? (laughs) I mean, you you try and you try and you try and you try and you try. And it seems like you exhaust all your energy and you you haven't moved an inch. You haven't gone anywhere. Those times when it seems like you take one step forward and two steps back, you know. And if you remember, you know, those those times in our lives, they're, they're, they're difficult times. They're strenuous times. It seems like it takes everything out of our life. Uh, maybe you made one of those statements. I just can't win for trying. I mean, as hard as I try, it's, it's not happening. I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle. Or maybe you come up with the statement, you know, it's just a lost cause. Let's just give up. You know, that, that phrase, lost cause, it, it speaks of, 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 of being defeated. Or for one who is, that defeat is inevitable. Uh, the phrase actually originated in the 1800s, and it was described uh, to use the efforts of the Confederacy. They called it a lost cause. And sadly, many people can make the same statements in their own spiritual lives. 
you, you, you come to that roadblock, that obstacle in your way, in your, in your life spiritually, and you say, I, I can't go any further. It's a lost cause. I just can't win. You know, in a war between two nations, each side desires for complete and total victory, does it not? And the last thing that any army wants to come to face with is the idea of surrender, to give up. And, and spiritual warfare is, is a little bit different, though. Because in, in, in spiritual warfare, before we will ever experience complete and total victory uh, in the Christian life, we, we must first come to that point of surrender. Oftentimes we get in our own flesh, in our own mind, we get it confused the other way around. But remember, God doesn't think the same way we think. Uh, God's thinking is totally different. And I've got some good news and some bad news concerning, concerning spiritual battle. That you may be even fighting today. The bad news is, is you can't win the battle. You can't. In of yourself, you can't. But the good news is, is Jesus has already won the war. Amen? And if you're born again, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have access to a warrior who has not and cannot be defeated. I want to consider this subject as we preach on this thought, a battle that you can't win. Now, now let me clarify that statement for just a minute before some of you get discouraged. Some of you may already tonight and you think I'm facing this battle. I don't need any more discouragement. But, 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 but don't tune me out because I'm referring to a battle that you can't win. Uh, but I am not saying that the battle cannot be won. There's a difference. The battle can indeed be won and you can experience great victory, but it's going to come through Jesus Christ. Not through your own efforts. Not through yourself. I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can and will experience victory, but only when that victory comes through Jesus Christ. You know, I've met many people, uh, 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 even those who have been saved for many years, who haven't come to that realization in their point that the victory comes through Jesus Christ. And, and even in their spiritual life, they've been defeated time after time after time after time. And, and they get no victory in their life because they, they don't have the concept to, to look to Jesus for the victory. Now, that sounds very elementary. It sounds very basic. And, and in all reality, it, it, it is to a sense. But in application, sometimes, especially when the heat is on, the circumstances that are around you are tough. It's hard to do sometimes. You know, in this life, we are, we will face great challenges. And there are times when it seems like the victory is not possible. And sometimes the reason for that is that we're trying to fight the battle alone. And maybe you've been fighting so hard and so long that you just can't go on anymore. And in order for you to get that victory, to experience victory, you must fix your eyes upon Jesus. And that's what's happened here in our passage of Scripture. That's what's happened in the life of Joshua. Here in Joshua chapter 5, Israel was about to go to battle in the city of Jericho. Now, this is a familiar story, I would say, for most of us. Jericho, I mean, Jericho and Joshua and, and the walls and all that. But before the battle begins, Joshua goes out to inspect the area. He, he's, he's taking it all in. And it was at that moment that Joshua had this divine encounter. Now, there on the battlefield, he encountered the true leader of Israel. Uh, now, Joshua was in command, but he comes face to face with the true 
leader of Israel. The pre-incarnate Christ. This, this was a humbling experience, as you can imagine. It, it must have been for Joshua. But it was an encounter that prepared him for victory. I believe there's much that we can learn from the actions that Joshua did as he prepares for the uh, uh, upcoming battle. And just like Joshua, there are battles that we will fight in this life. And the, and the first thing I want us to consider as we look at this, I want us to consider the battle that we must fight. We see down in verse 13. The Bible says that it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked over against him was the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua said unto him, art thou for art thou for us or for our adversaries? You see, at this point in time, Joshua, the, the Bible says Joshua was all alone outside the walls of Jericho. He was by himself. Now. We can look at this, and, and oftentimes we feel that way ourselves when it comes to our circumstances or the spiritual th- oppressions that are coming against us. We feel all alone in the battle. There are times when, when we feel alone and times uh, that, uh, that then the Lord himself, that we may be all, apart from the Lord himself, we may feel all alone. But the battle must be fought. There is a battle. Consider the position of Joshua in the battle. The Bible says that it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Again, Joshua himself, his position right now, he was the leader of Israel. God had placed him in that very vital and important role. He selected him to lead his people, Israel. And we find a great promise from the Lord in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. The Bible says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You see, Joshua was faithful to do what the Lord had called him to do. And and no doubt he clung to that promise that as God was with Moses, God was going to be with Joshua. Now that was, that in and of itself is enough. I mean, that in and of itself, Joshua still realized that, hey, you know what? Jericho is mine. But you know, and I know, when it comes to real life circumstances, there, there's times we really need to cling to the Lord. And I wonder if Joshua, as he was standing before those massive walls of Jericho, just kind of surveying, he was thinking to himself, Whew, God, I, I got your promise, but, but how are we going to do this? How is this all going to unfold? How is this going to take place? And you know, whether, whether you realize it or not, you are in a similar position to Joshua. Because you have been, you have been called for a purpose as well. You have been commissioned by God to go to this lost and dying world to tell others about Jesus Christ. And that thought in of itself is a daunting task. But when you throw in on top of it all the cares, all the circumstances of life on top of that, you, you, you sit there sometimes like Joshua before those walls and you're thinking, How are we going to get through this? How is this going to happen? How are my family members going to be saved? How how am I going to do this and and live my testimony for Christ on the job site? Lord, how is this going to happen? As we think of that, let us also consider the place of the battle. Again, it was Jericho. The evening before the battle, Joshua goes out to look at the city and they're about to attack and and again, Jericho was that great city that was compassed with large walls. 
About five miles to the west of Jordan, it laid. And it was, it was the most important city in the Jordan Valley. It was the strongest fortress in all the land of Canaan. And the Lord directed Joshua to where to go and what to do. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even unto the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. You see, God had a plan for Joshua, and it involved conquering. It involved conquering Jericho. And God has a plan for each of His children. There is a place for you to go. There is a job for you to do. There is a battle for you to fight. And when God says go, you better go. (laughs) Because God has a plan and a purpose. When God says fight, Whether you like it or not, you must fight. You must be like Joshua and go where the Lord tells you to go. And that leads up to the purpose of the battle. What was the purpose of conquering Jericho? What was the purpose of the battle? It was to conquer the enemy and to claim the land. Now, when we look down to Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. You know, the reality is we, we, fight, we fight battles on a daily basis uh, as, as a believer in the Christian life. And the purpose of any battle is to defeat the enemy. That's the purpose. It's defeat the enemy. And we have an enemy that seeks destruction of us. First Peter 5, 8, we may know it. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion, walking about seeking to be made devour. The the enemy wants to kill us. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy uh, the work of Christ. He, He wants to destroy you. He wants to conquer you. And the battles, they must be fought. But you will never defeat the enemy on your own. But we find directions for victory. We find it in James chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And you have no business trying to resist the devil on your own until you first submit yourselves therefore unto God. You know, remember the story of of young David just before he fought Goliath. And Goliath had been taunting the people of Israel, remember? And, and they, he was doing it for some time. And, and this little shepherd boy comes around and sees what is going on. And he sees the enemy intimidating uh, the people of God. And, and in 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, beginning of verse 26, the Bible says, uh, David asked the man that stood by him and, and saying, What shall be done to that man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And of course, his brother uh, was very angry and scolded David. But, but I like David's response to Eliab and what he says. 
His response is found in verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? You see, David knew that there was a cause. And the cause was to defeat the enemy. It was to destroy the enemy. You know, we live in a day today when it seems like the enemy's gaining ground by not, not just little by little, but like miles. And we look all around us and we see our nation. We see the foundations of our nation and, and all these things crumbling around us. But we've got to remember ourselves who we're fighting for. We're fighting for God. And our purpose is to destroy the enemy. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Don't feel defeated. Not only do we see the position, the place, and the purpose, but in verse 13, we also see the posture. And you see, when it comes to victory, this is key. The posture in the battle. The Bible says in verse 13, in the latter part, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. The word posture speaks of the position of a person's body. And notice that it is Joshua... As he lifted up his eyes and looked. And when he looked, there was a man in front of him. Now, what I'm, I'm fixing about to say is, 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 is pure speculation. Uh, so don't, it's, don't take just my word for it, okay? This is just my thought, okay? Uh, but I firmly believe that Joshua was kneeling in prayer. When he saw this, because he, he, the idea is, is that he lifted his eyes and he looked up. Where would you be doing? I mean, he could be up looking towards the sky, but, but I believe what he was doing was he was, he was praying. Now, Joshua, he's a leader of a couple of million men, women and children. He holds a great deal of responsibility. His decisions will have a lasting impact on the vast multitudes of people. And they're about to go into battle. Battle is a place where men get maimed. Battle is a place where, 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 where women become widows. Where, where children become fatherless. And as the leader of the people of Israel, Joshua carried himself a very, very heavy burden. Not to mention the fact that God has given him the responsibility that would hold him accountable for his decisions. And I think it's very probable that Joshua's posture was kneeling at this very moment. And friend, when you get ready to go into battle, you must have that same posture. We must be on our knees. You know, it's a sad thing in, in, in Christianity today when, when prayer in churches, in, in, in God's churches, that, that, that prayer is not the priority. Prayer must be our priority. It's on our knees where, where victories and battles are won. We must be people of prayer. And we must take that same posture. You know, as a pastor of Bayview Baptist Church, and as your pastor does as well, uh, we make very important decisions that impact uh, this church and this assembly and our, my church. God's church. And as parents... Every decision that you make impacts your children. As husbands and wives, your decisions have an impact on your spouse. Each position of leadership comes with it a great responsibility. 
When, when a preacher fails, a ministry fails. When a father fails, a family fails. When a mother fails, their children fail. When a deacon fails, a church fails. When a, when a Christian fails, a testimony fails. And if Joshua were to fail, Israel would have no doubt suffered. Therefore, it was imperative that he sought the Lord's direction before commencing in that battle there at Jericho. And friend, before you head to battle, it is vitally important that you find yourself in the posture of prayer. Joshua realized that there was a battle to fight, but he's about to find that even though he was a leader of Israel, he was subordinate to a greater leader. And we're going to find this true in our battles as well. It's amazing. There's times when I'll be on my knees in prayer and battles that really I realize I can't win. But my great and mighty leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, he steps onto the scene and he shows his strength and his might. And that the leader that we must follow is clearly seen. And we see that in verses 13 and 14. Now notice what Joshua saw when he lifted up his eyes. The Bible says, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua looks up and he sees this man in front of him. And this man has a sword in hand. Now, no doubt he was probably shaking his boots. And that's why he asked the question, Are you for me or are you against us? Because if you're against us, Ah, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but, but it wasn't. It was the Lord. You know, the picture here is, is of one who is prepared for battle. And Joshua confronts this man and asks again, are you with us or are you for us? And the man identifies himself as the captain of the Lord of hosts. You see, in the beginning, remember, Joshua was all by himself. He was all by himself outside those walls as they were towering before him. But now, now, God is there. And that makes all the difference. You know, with this appearance, he is reminded of the promise that was given to him. Be strong and have a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And Joshua was not alone. But God was with him. You know, I think it's just on a note. I think it's very clear to say that this is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. There's some evidence of that. Uh, for one thing, he accepted worship from uh, Joshua. Uh, and if this was an angel or something else, we find in Revelation chapter 22 uh, that uh, in verse started beginning in verse eight. Uh, that as John did in Revelation, as he went to bow and to worship the angel, the angel told him not to do that. Uh, specifically told him not to do that. But in this instance with Joshua, he, the, 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 the man standing in front of him accepted the worship. I think that clearly points that this is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Another thing that we see in, in Joshua chapter 5 verse 15, he was commanded to loose thy shoe from off thy foot for the place where thou standest is holy. Uh, we see that again with Moses. When Moses stood before God in the burning bush, Moses was commanded to take off his shoes because where he's standing was holy ground. So again, it gives us another indication that this is the pre-incarnate Christ. And then down in Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, he's referred to as Lord, capital L-O-R-D. And if we can go through the Old Testament and see several instances when the pre-incarnate Christ came and showed himself. It was a rarity, but it did happen. 
And even though Joshua was the leader of Israel, now he's standing before the ultimate leader of Israel. There was a leader that was to follow. And friend, we have a battle to fight. And there is a leader that we must follow as well. And just as God promised to be with Joshua, folks, he's promised that he will lead us through his battles as well. Remember in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. I say that because many times when we get defeated, our eyes are taken off Christ and we're no longer following Him like we ought to. He's no longer the place of leadership like He needs to be in our lives. You know, Israel, they faced a great battle, but they were not alone. Joshua was about to lead them in the battle, but he was not alone. The captain himself was not even alone. And notice that this, this man identified himself as the captain of the who? The Lord of hosts. This means that he was not alone. He was the captain of a host of warriors who were ready for battle. And if you read a little further, we find out that they, sure enough, they would secure victory. Jericho was theirs. There was a heavenly host that wrought the victory at Jericho. And our Lord today is still the captain of the Lord of hosts. Amen. And his power is accessible to us when we go off into battle. But we must comprehend that when we go into battle, we must follow our leader. You know, many of our brethren have gone and have enlisted in God's army. And for a time they fought well. And then the enemy launched an all-out assault, and now they're defeated. And maybe you're right on the verge tonight of throwing in the towel, of giving up. Can I encourage you? Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, without Christ, you will never defeat Satan. Satan is much more powerful than you. And when you go into battle, it must be with the same mindset that David had when he fought Goliath. When he said, when he was confronted by the enemy, you know, David in 1 Samuel 17 again, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the same name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defiled. And David slew that giant that day. And the enemy was defeated. You see, without Jesus, you're focused. You're fighting a battle that you cannot win. Notice, we see the victory that we can find. Verses 14 and 15, again, we see, And he said, Nay, but as captain of the Lord of hosts, am I now come? And Joshua fell to his face to the earth and did worship. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. We see the battle that we must fight, the leader we must follow, and the victory that we can have. We find the victory when we are submissive. Joshua fell to his face, the Bible says, to the earth. And did worship and said, What saith my Lord unto his servant? 
And after the captain of the Lord of hosts identifies himself, Joshua humbled himself before him. He fell to his face and he worshipped this leader. And Joshua acknowledges the sovereignty of the Lord. And bowing at his feet symbolized the fact that Joshua was ready to submit to his will. And furthermore, he asked the captain of the Lord of hosts, What would you have me to do? What's next? I've submitted. I've surrendered. What do you have me to do? And remember, Joshua, he was the chosen leader of the people of Israel. He, 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 here he yields himself as, as the leadership to the Lord. And if you desire that victory in your life, you must do the same. You must be submissive before you can experience the victory. And I don't think if I were took a raise of hands, there would be no one here today that say, Pastor, I don't want any victory in my life. We would all want to raise our hands in victory. And the first step of victory is not developing a plan of attack. You know, you think he, he's the leader. He's thinking as he walks around those walls, what am I going to do next? What, 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 how should we scale this wall? Uh, how many men do I need to place here? That wasn't Joshua's first step. The first plan of attack was something totally that he, he wasn't thinking. And before you do anything else, you must put, lay down your sword at the feet of the Lord, like Joshua. You must be submissive. You must humble yourself before the Lord. We can find that when we're submissive, the victory will be found. And we can find victory when we're not only submissive, but also surrendered. Verse 15, the Bible says, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Not only did Joshua submit to the captain of the Lord of hosts, but he was fully surrendered to him. And Joshua asked, What what would you have for me to do? And I seriously doubt Joshua was probably expecting the answer that he got. To loose thy shoe from off thy foot. He goes on to say that Joshua was standing on holy ground. And this was the same order that was given to Moses. This ground was consecrated by the presence of God Almighty. And to remove the shoes from off his feet was a sign of reverence. A sign of surrender. Notice in this verse that Joshua was told to remove that shoe. And and further studying the Word of God teaches us a couple things about that. It it reveals something else about the removal of a singular shoe. And and in ancient times, when a covenant was made between two individuals, in which one person possessed power to keep the covenant, and the other didn't, the weaker individual handed the other individual one of his shoes. We look in the book of Ruth, and the kinsmen, and a Boaz, we see that, that Boaz was able to redeem uh, the hand of, 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 of Ruth because he had the power, the more power to do so over the kinsman. And removing the shoe, the near kinsman was a way of saying, he said, I can't do this. I, can't, I cannot take her, but you can. And for Joshua, the removal of his shoe was saying, God, I can't do this. But you can. You can, Lord. You can. I surrender it all to you. Some of you are fighting battles with your health. You can't win, but God can. 
Some of you are fighting battles in your marriage and you can't do it, but God can. Your finances, you can't, but God can. Your job, you can't, but God can. Your family, your spiritual life, and you've been fighting so long, you made zero progress. You're depressed, discouraged, and defeated. You don't feel that you can go any further. You don't feel that you can fight another day. You must do what Joshua did. Take off your shoes, spiritually speaking. Surrender to the Lord. And say, I can't, Lord, but you can. You say, well, did it work for Joshua? Well, we sing songs about it, don't we? You know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls come tumbling down. Yes, it worked. It worked. There was victory. And the people shouted. And the the priests blew trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, Joshua tells us. And the people shouted with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat. The impossible was possible because of God. And because Joshua and the people of Israel submitted and were submissive. To God's authority in their life. Stop trying to fight the battles alone. You can't win. Humble yourself before God. Surrender your all to Him. And say once for all, I can't, Lord. But you can. I'm going to close in an illustration. I read about a preacher one day. He was visiting the city, New York City. and He was in a very depressed state himself. He's actually on vacation with his wife and he thought they would come and and take in the sights and things like that. As he was walking around, they came over on Fifth Avenue there near the RCA building and they saw Atlas, you know, carrying the globe on his hand or in the shoulders. And and as he got to staring at that statue, he noticed the physique of Atlas and and how strong he was and, and all that. But even under all that strength, he was carrying that world on his shoulders, that globe. And he thought to himself, boy, that's me. That's me. I can't win for trying. I'm trying all that I can. He, he felt sympathy. He said, you know what, Atlas? I can relate to that because I feel like I'm doing the same thing. I'm wearing, bearing the world's weight on my shoulders and I'm just about to collapse. Well, as you know, across the street, they were going to taking their, their site tour and all that stuff. And there was, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. And, and uh, he walked in there. And, I, and from what I understand, there was a statue in there of, of Jesus uh, as he's a young boy. And they noticed that in that picture, that statue of Jesus, that Jesus is holding the world in his hands. And as he saw that, he thought to himself, but that's the way life really should be. <laughs> I'm not designed, I'm not made to carry the burdens of this world. I'm not carried to take the load of all these things that are happening in my life. I'm not designed to do it. But Jesus is. And he said from that, he he realized that he's got to look to Jesus for his strength. Because he can't do it by himself. You know, we we have a choice. We can carry the world on our shoulders or we can say, I give up, Lord. Here's my life. I, I give you my world. I give you the whole world. I can't do it. Have you realized that you're fighting a battle that you can't win? If that's you, then good. 
Fantastic. Humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can have victory for the battle that you can't win. We're going to close in a word of prayer. God's worked upon your heart. And I ask, come do business with Him. I meet Christians day in and day out who are struggling under load and burdens and cares that they were never designed to carry. And believe me, I know it's, it's rough out there. Uh, no doubt about it, the battle's real. Jericho, it wasn't fictitious, it was real. And just like Joshua, you've got to surrender. You've got to submit. You've got to give it all to the Lord. Amen.